Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We each have a topic that we desperately want to talk about. Some trades happen and some teams are doing things. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, brought to you by DraftKings. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. In California, we have Trevor Plouffe. And behind the producer's desk, we have BBD. And we have a little, uh, you know, free flow episode here for everyone today. We each brought a topic that we want to talk about. We've gotten uh, exactly a week of baseball or... Six days? Six After day? today, kind of. After today, kind of. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our most recent patrons who we love so much. Samuel Dial, mm. Ryan Lorenz, Andrew Yinkst, Victor Muna, Munoz. Munoz? Munoz. Munoz. Oh, my. Oh, my. Lesser Trash, Andrew Nash, Jonathan Corley, Calvin Han. Han, maybe. Dexter LaPie. Bruce mm-hmm. Lambert. What's up, Bruce? Greg Sells. Lance Daniel Hepper. Manon Brombot. Manon Brombot. That was good. No, it's good. Casey Horner. Rax. Dustin Stitcher. Trip. Theodore Finkowitz. Corey Moore. Corey Moore. Alex Iden. Drew Dakar. Jimmy Conboy. Similar to my whole getup from the Netherlands. Gus Williams and Brett. Thank you very much to the most recent patrons. We appreciate you. As always, Jake, how are you doing? James, Trevor, big bodacious baby David. I'm doing well. Man, big day for us. Holy smokes. We're grinding all day. That ends with whiskey shots watching JMO with JMO, Jameson Tyone tonight. Uh, so if you're a Yankee fan or not a Yankee fan, you might want to tune into that. And man, I th- I think last night was the moment I was looking for. I was I was on the couch in time for for the Yankees game. Enjoyed that, and then flipped over and Sox were in extra innings with the Rays, and that game was crazy. I had my Arizona Diamondbacks tweeting at me as if I'm not watching the freight train, David Peralta. I can't. I wish I couldn't, but I can't. And then you, Darvish, was on MLB TV. I was in it. I was lost in all of it, all of the games, just drinking in the action. It was a beautiful thing, Trevor. What's up, guys? You know, I always think, like, when those accounts are interacting with you, it's hard not to just associate them with the full team and the organization, but really it's just some guy on yeah, the phone. Yeah, a listener. So, like, I wonder who it is. And there's probably a couple of them. So I wonder who's enamored with you and us uh, in the Arizona Diamondbacks PR department. But shout out to them because they've they've kind of taken a liking to us, which I which I dig. So um, I also was watching a ton of baseball yesterday, some good games, and I got my uh, mm. got my Mike Trout hat on right there. Ooh, I think the Angels might be my third or fourth. Favorite team, and that changed quickly. If you know how many, how much I talked about them mm. uh, in a negative fashion during the offseason, but they look pretty good so far. Mm. Jake, I was doing the same thing last night. I've done it the last couple nights after the Yankees game ends. 
I'll just be laying in bed with my or on the couch with my laptop and just have MLB uh, TV up, and they have like all the games at the top, you know. And I'm just switching. Yeah, I caught a lot of good stuff though. I enjoy it. The Red Sox um, Rays game, the extra innings were just close. It's just so not fun to watch. Uh, but Randy Rosarena, not the best ever last yeah. night in right field. No. Was the best ever no. the night before in right field. Ever. He made a hell of a catch. That was pretty ugly. Uh, the Rays, did you see that one strike away? <laughs> like, Baseball, baby. Hit by pitch, wild pitch, can't catch a fly ball. Insane. It's a hard hit ball. It would have been a nice that's, play. Uh, that's the no time, you can't kneel type thing right there. Yeah. Like, I think that gets Cal. won that game. Big right field at Fenway. I know, but he turned the wrong way twice. And he wasn't that close to it. Yeah. I don't know. It would have been a great play. If he makes that play. about Randy? Yeah. If he makes that play, we're calling him the best ever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, like, Mookie makes that easily. Like, just he was, in, he, was in, he was in defending. You know, he had to defend, like, the base hit, try to throw people out. And sometimes, I don't know, that ball would maybe, maybe was right at him because they always say that's hard. But when I played the outfield, I thought the balls right at me were the easiest because you just gone at the stand stadium. There. Stand there. Uh, all right. There were some trades yesterday that were kind of interesting and weird and just for everyone to put on their radar. The Brewers made a trade. They traded uh, mainstay shortstop. Orlando Arcia to the Braves. That was so funny how this broke, too, because it was like the Brewers have traded Arcia to an unknown destination. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, they just really sent him away, huh? Yeah. Uh, the Brewers and Braves, um, the Brewers sent infielder Orlando Arcia to the Braves. I think he has a year and a half left in return for right-handed relievers Patrick Weigel and Chad Sabatka. Mm. Um, I really didn't dive into this too much. Arcia... Doesn't really hit well, and he's been playing short for them for a long time and, and not hitting at that position for a long time. So I, I get that end. What's the other side? What's the all the other stuff to this? Do you know it? Did you deep dive, Jake? What I know, and again, hey, Brew Crew fans, Braves fans, and we've got some Braves sources. I saw our girl Ashlyn had a – she was, like, happy to see Sabaka go, so I won't, I won't comment on that. Uh, I think this is just Dansby Insurance for the Braves. Uh, Arcia has options. So right now I know Roster Resource lists, lists him as the, the, like, minor league shortstop. So, hey, you know, maybe that's a box they wanted checked just in case. That's a good good position to have insurance on. And man, we went through Arcia's numbers with the Brewers, and it's uh, oh my god, is that me? Yeah, yeah. how about that, ESPN? Uh, <laughs> it's a nice song. Yeah, we looked at Arcia's numbers, and it's like, damn, he uh, he really he hasn't done much hitting. He's been a solid defender, and he's had a couple big playoff games. But you know, they've gave him the past five years a run at shortstop for the crew, and now they traded for Urias. Who was the guy they got back from Grisham And we wondered if he was going to be the guy He got banged up last year, it didn't happen He made a couple nice plays so far And I wonder if, you know, it was just out there And it was time to go on Or maybe it was even a conversation in the clubhouse Like, Arcia's owned that spot for five years And now they're giving it to Urias Maybe there's something there And I'm my dude Travis Shaw Ding dong, ding dong, third base So, yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. It's a little bit of speculation. Not the most exciting, but that's that's where I'm at. I don't have much on this. I am on his on his baseball reference page now, and I always find it really funny when 
people get nicknamed like El Nino or the kid and then they grow up and like they're, they're not <laughs> young anymore. So you have to change the nickname eventually. But he still has El Nino on his. He's almost 27 years old. And like you said, he just he's been serviceable defensively at shortstop. Offensively, he's been one of the worst in the league. I think I, I saw a tweet. Him and Odor have been <laughs> near the bottom of the barrel of all qualified players offensively. So these two trades here are just kind of very interesting to me. Couple couple 27-year-olds that have seen a lot of Major League Baseball in the middle infield getting flipped on the same day. Yeah, yeah at the same time. <laughs> and I, I, when I say very interesting, I mean not interesting to me at all. Well, yeah, I mean, we won't deep dive into the second one. The relievers that the Brewers picked picked up, one made his debut, Weagle. Sabatka's been around for a couple years. I'm guessing they have options, and it's just like relief support for the Brewer. Like, we can do, use two relievers that we can stash. The Brewers, when we had uh, Britt Groley on, and she flexed an article she was writing with, you know, Saris about the teams that are best at developing Velo. Um, I don't know if these guys have Velo. I don't. I don't know a lot about these two, but the Brewers were the best team. So maybe they're like, "Well, give us an arm. We can we can turn them into better arms." We've seen a couple of reclamation projects come through there. David Phelps was Drew Palm. Drew was, Palm. That was his first relieving thing. So hey, the the Brewers might have a little bullpen sauce, and you know if if that was enough for the Braves to move on and get shortstop insurance, sure. Turn Sabatka's 95 into 97 real Sobotka. quick. Sabatka. Yeah, is that how you say it? First Russian player. The, the other trade that we had was, as Trev mentioned, another guy that hasn't hit forever. Lothnel uh, Obor. Rugi. Rugi. Uh, been with the Rangers forever. The Yank- he, he didn't get picked up, so he cleared waivers. So no one wanted to take on his salary, which is a lot of money. So he cleared waivers, so the Yankees worked out a trade. They bring him over. The Rangers are paying the 27 mil, and the Rangers are getting two prospects from the Yankees, no one major or anything. Um, and the, But the Yankees also, also DFA'd a kid that has like five years of control left for Odor. So it's really weird because Odor's not good, and the Yankees now – Traded two prospect and DFA'd a prospect might have for been, him. The guy they DFA'd might have been the best prospect of the three. Yeah. <laughs> the other two might not reach the bigs. <laughs> yeah. Real weird move. Um, you know, Odor does hit the ball hard, which the Yankees have looked for in Talkman and Voigt and Gio Shell, a lot of their reclamation projects, kind of like the Brewers can reclaim relievers. The Yankees have done this with bats. Uh, you know, Gio Urshela had no bat when they found him. Voight and Talkman did. They were just blocked. Um, so it's, I don't know. He's going to be with the Yankees like tomorrow, Trev. I, I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him. They're not going to play him, right? Does, does this have anything to do with like the short porch and him having a little bit of power? Yes. Like, oh, that uh, it? Yes. It, it's also, if you want to tell him, Jake, it's also penny pinching reasons as well. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. It's a money thing. It's got to be. So the the Rangers, I mean, they were willing to basically cut him, uh, so they're just going to absorb his whole contract anyways. And the Yankees, I believe in, hey, capologists, like if you want to come at me, it's, <laughs> I promise you it's not my strength, but I believe once they add Rugi, it won't affect their cap situation. 
He gets listed as the minimum, right? I think in real dollars they pay him prorated version of the minimum, which it's been four days, so the minimum. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess if when this is Yankees deep, deep track, so, you know, Derek Dietrich is at their, their facility right now, I guess if they use Rogie it saves a couple dollars because they kind of do the same thing on a baseball field, except Derek Dietrich has been a better hitter lately, so... The Yankees do believe they have a little juice in the hitting department. If you can hit the ball hard, um, they think they can fix you. And, hey, you know, Rogio Dor, he's he's got the heartstrings of a lot of Texas Rangers fans. The punch, he was on, you know, some of those good playoff teams. People are going to flex the 30 homer years, and they're as empty 30 homer years as you can find. But, hey, if, if the Yankees can tap into that and he can kind of be – the utility infield weapon for them And they can find some porch Or maybe it's a hole in the swing that they've found And hey, you know, Trev, you'd love this They were saying it on the broadcast last night You know, you shave that beard You put on the pinstripes You're feeling some type of way, my man So, you know I think that's that's going to be interesting to see that Right there, the shaved beard Yeah Oh my god, the Yanks tweeted out a picture With his, like, full Grosso beard And it's I, fixed I was it. taking it back I fixed it for him You fixed I it? I clean shaved him Yeah Thank you. Do you think he's going clean shaven, or do you think he's going to keep a mustache? Like, ooh, can you do a goatee? I don't think he has a good enough beard to do a mustache. I don't think he has mustache hair. Do the Yankees? Oh, allow he does. He does. He does. The Yankees don't allow a goatee. No, I mean you can do it. David mustache. Wells did it. Uh, uh, Don Mattingly's done it. You just have to pay a daily fine. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> But the Yankees. What is wrong with the Yankees? Come on, man. They've been much more relaxed lately. Edwin Encarnacion was, I mean, one of the funniest ever. Yeah, Edwin Encarnacion, <laughs> ha, he he was like a big client for a laser treatment up in Toronto. So he would mm. not shave his face. He would laser all the hair off besides his chin strap. So when he had to shave the chin strap, he had laser markings <laughs> of uh, like you know like almost like a reverse beard, basically. like a reverse beard yeah. tan line. <laughs> so he had like so all this unsmooth skin because it had never been lasered off. There's probably a picture of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was wild. You know, you guys, you guys brought up a good point. Like, what is Dietrich thinking? Like he said, yeah, okay, I'll man. accept the, I'll accept the assignment. I'll go down to the minor leagues because I'm sure they said, "Hey, man, we're gonna, you're gonna be one of the first people called up. We're gonna need your bat during the season." And then they go pull a trade like this, take a guy off the roster, and give the roster spot to Rugi. Dietrich, I guarantee, has already went into the office and said, "I'm out," or like has, has thought about it at least. I would have left. This is very similar to what happened to me in Texas. So, uh, man, that's. It's tough for him, for sure. I think that's probably who it affects the most, right? Like, he's the left-handed pop guy, and now he's not the left-handed pop guy. All because of, like, like all because of 500 grand. If that's the real reason, maybe yeah. the Yankees nerds actually see good stuff in Odor like they saw in Gio Urshela. But they got Gio Did they? Yeah. It's just, oh it's just weird that they, they did. It's just weird. <laughs> Is that it? What'd you search to find that? I just searched Edwin Encarnacion Yankees and search Edwin Encarnacion hot. Did uh Oh my gosh. I mean, he looks good. Looks good. He's not going to win oh any beauty. Oh my god, contest. that's so funny. I forgot how funny this was. Like he would get the stubble for night games but just in his chin strap. 
because he lasered the rest of his face to never grow hair ever. I want to laser hair. I want to laser this this part right here. I worked for a laser hair company uh, one summer in college. Sucked. Should I do it? No, don't do it. Because if you you can never shave it like Edwin. All right, let's move on. We each have a topic we want to talk about. Trev gets to go first, and his topic is brought to you by FOCO. If you watched our live stream on, stream on opening day or saw any clips or any pictures, you saw us wearing these outfits. They're really uh, silly and fun. They are the officially licensed fan merch. They have all the cover-ups, the face coverings. You can beat the heat with straw hats. Are those still in here? We have a bunch of straw hats. We wore them on the weekly dumb the other day. Um, they got floral shirts. Trev had like a floral Astros bathing suit on and a floral Dodgers mm. top. Jake was dressed silly. I had a bunch of winter clothes. Um, a lot of cool stuff. I just went to the website. I searched Yankees, and they had just so many different styles and different fun shit. Yeah, there's Jake's straw hat. So you guys can get hooked up at FOCO now. Got to use the code JOMBOY10. Uh, it's all caps, J-O-M-B-O-Y-10 for 10% off select products. Head to FOCO.com. Um, like, if you're planning on going to a summer ball game. Yeah. A, a summer day game, some of those floral floral shirts or even the straw hat, it's just like people are going to stop by and be like, I like your shirt. I, yes. I can guarantee you you'll get some heads turning in a good way if you wear some FOCO gear to a, a nice sunny day game uh, this summer. Trev, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about FOCO real quick. This is a true story. Okay. Yesterday, our housekeeper was over, um, and she was – putting some of my laundry away, and she held up the Astros FOCO shorts and says, I love these shorts. Wow. There you go. I mean, I legitimately got a compliment out of nowhere. Big fan of FOCO cheating? Shorts. Trying to get in your pants, make you she cheat might on be. Olivia? I think that no, was a hint. that was the best. Messed up. I think it was a hint, Trev. <laughs> you think Mela wants to hook up? Yeah. I think, she's, I I think, think that so. she's trying to see how, see your policies on cheating. I have a strict no no cheating policy. That's a good policy for a married man. Cleanest good. guy in baseball. Yeah. I have the same policy, actually. All right. I DM'd Olivia yesterday. You know what? She mentioned, because she has a Look at private smile. IG. <laughs> no, this is true. This is true, I swear. <laughs> she mentioned she has a private IG, and she came across, like, a friend request from you. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like, you know, like, she's like, does Jimmy have one, too? Like, she feels bad, like, leaving people in limbo, but she gets, like, a ton of these requests and she doesn't because she's private has to like go and like manually put the people in. So is she posting, don't feel is she bad. posting family shots she, and uh, she, Teddy and she, uh, just family she shots. posted a beautiful Instagram story of Trev and the kids in the pool. And it was like a beautiful family picture, like put it in a frame, put it on the countertop and Trev's wearing a Jake sucks. Hat. God damn it. I just requested <laughs> her. from. <laughs> it's pretty. I just requested her from talking Yanks. Not my okay. personal. She doesn't need to accept the Talking Yanks one. I'll tell her to go, yeah. Because then go. actually tell her not to, because then Kyle will have yeah. too much. Like, tell her, don't accept Talking Yanks. Oh, not Talking Yanks. Not yeah. Talking Yanks. Hell no. BBD, you're, you're like, probably on the fence we'll right now. Out. I'm not sure I'm going to let we'll you in there because you're I'll, I'll earn your trust. You're too hot. too hot. Zach? No. Hell no. No. Zach's way too I'll hot. not let that happen. Yeah. Trev, All right. What All do you right. want to talk about? I have the sound bite ready. You just give me the intro. I'll play it. I don't think there was another pod on the planet that wasn't, you know, in Cincinnati that was on the Reds as much as we were last year. We gave them every chance to be good. They just weren't good. They made the playoffs. We even got back 
in the playoffs. Like, they can do it. Like, this can be the team that scares everybody. And then they just got steamrolled by the Braves. Don't want to see these guys in a three-game set. We kept saying that. Or at least, I think it was me mostly. We all did. We were all like, it can be scary. And then then I I, I fell off because I just started being like, well, they suck. And then, yeah, they went out with a whimper Mm. last year. And they were... They're probably a better team last year because they had Bauer in the starting rotation, blah, blah, blah. But then they come out this the start of 2021 season. There's fireworks against the Cardinals. Nick Castellanos is just dropping D everywhere. Tyler Naquin's hitting the ball mm. out of the stadium, doing it. Votto looks good. Um, Mustakis crushing balls. Everyone's crushing balls. And then yesterday, Amir Garrett had the sound bite of the season so far. Go ahead, Jim. Gosh, it's it's it's, it's a domino effect. It's, we're gonna everybody's gonna feed into it. I want everybody to think that Cincinnati Reds is like the most cockiest team ever. We're some bat flipping, showboating son of a guns, and I want everybody to know that. We have shirts up yet? Bat bat we, flipping, showboating son of a guns. That is no. what she, I I thought about that. I'm sure everyone said put it on a t-shirt. It's on t-shirts already. Yeah, there's no way. One hundred percent. But I, I love that he's given them an identity. And it's kind of like it, it wasn't forced. Like they've been acting like bat flipping, showboating, sons of guns. And I think that is the kind of identity that this team needs. They don't really have the pitching staff. It needs Sonny Gray to come back. The bullpen's okay. But these guys, if you look at the lineup, they can go and bang with anybody, especially in that park. And they have been doing that. If you look at the statistics right now, and look, obviously, it's what is it, five, six games in? But um, let me get it up here. MLB team statistics, they are second in average only to the Dodgers because obviously the Dodgers are the greatest. Um, they lead in run score. They lead in um, OBP. No, they're second in OBP. They lead in slugging, and they lead in OPS. They've come out just like gangbusters and have smushed the ball. We talk about the NL Central being a wash this year. I think a lot of us uh, picked the Cardinals and then the Brew Crew to kind of surprise. But look, it's it's going to be up and down all year. A bunch of teams vying for the throne of the NL Central. And we, maybe not with a Tatis injury, but we have said that the wild card is not coming out of there. So there's going to be one team that reigns supreme and they're going to get to the playoffs. For the Reds to do that, they're going to have to bang all season long. And I love the attitude that they're taking. I love that Amir Garrett came out and gave them an identity and they're going to roll with it. I think it's really hard to have that particular identity through 162 because it's exhausting <laughs> and you put a target on your back. But when you when you need to go and you know you're probably not the best team on paper, go ahead and give yourself the identity. And I love the, I love the soundbite. I love the quote. I love all of it. And I think... For the foreseeable future, they're going to ride this big dick wave that they got going on, and I'm all here for it. I'm curious to see what uh, you guys think about it. Out of their nine starters so far after week one, five of the guys' OPSs start with a one dot. So they've all come out hot. I think the the worst is Eugenio Suarez, um, and he popped a homer recently and, and – uh, coming out of it he's got 611 OPS but you know obviously things get very skewed here very hard to find like a middle of the road 
stat line after a first week because someone's either you're hot right. or someone's either cold. But I like what you're saying, Trev. It's really hard for teams to get an identity. And I do think that even if this is great for Reds fans, like a rallying cry of sorts, as long as Reds fans accept it and adopt it, obviously you still want to win. But if they're out there competing, if they can if they can be in a in the hunt for a wild card or just be playing competitive games day in, day out with that energy and that identity, I think that's a lot of fun for fans. The the identity is a ton of fun and it feels real. Like Amir Garrett's been that dude on Twitter for a while. He's he's kind of yes. wanted this. Castellanos, like none of that was forced last week. Like that was just Castellanos mm-hmm. kind of being a bad dude. I I hit a dinger. I'm gonna do a couple hops. I'm gonna stand over you. Like it wasn't. They weren't trying to be WWE. A couple of those guys kind of are. And I think the the other kind of hidden secret about it, we talked about the Reds, how we kept waiting last year. It's not happening. When is it going to happen? This hitting, you know, the first team ever to have more walks than singles. Right now, they're leading the whole damn lead in OPS. So guess what? You keep hitting, you keep talking. That's a good time to do it, man. So... Uh, enjoy it, and yeah, I guess embrace embrace the personality naturally, and you know that does become a fun thing for the fans. And if you're the other team, if you're that pitching staff coming in, knowing, man, if Castellanos gets me, it's gonna be on the news. Like that's, I, I think that is an angle that you you can take. So I hope you know, lean into it, have some fun with it, let it be natural. But yeah, go get it. That's that's the thing is I don't think it's forced whatsoever. I don't think anybody is going up there and and of all the Castellano stuff, the, the point I made about it was it wasn't premeditated. He was just doing things in in the moment. So I kind of I I am okay with any sort of emotion if it's real. And that's what they've been given. And if you just real look at not, the guys that have targeted at the opponent, like Castellano, besides the flex, oh. I, I'm not fully okay with the flex. I don't think he should have been suspended. But I think if I'm a Cardinal fan or a Cardinal, I think I react exactly how Cardinals fans and Cardinals reacted. But the second home run, when he's just turning to his own dugout and pumping up the crowd, I don't think you can ever get mad about that. I mean, but if he's pointing out the pitcher, like, you know, then I don't like it. I I just think there's going to be fireworks all year long with this team, and we've seen them – I feel like it happens all the time. I feel like the Reds are always in some sort of tussle in a division. And it's just going to keep happening. And that's, that's, we talk about it from time to time. This is baseball is an entertainment sport. Like they're in the entertainment business. So they're being entertaining. Like you can't tell me the Reds aren't entertaining right now. It's fun to watch them. I'm like tonight. Castellanos is facing what was it Chad Cool mm. K U H L yeah he's got four homers off him already like he's if he hits a bomb tonight I want to see what he's gonna do so I mean I think it's I think storylines like this sound bites like that are good for business can I have some Reds fans uh, leave the um, the origin path of the swagger. Below because I associated it with Puig and Dietrich when they were doing things for the Reds back in 2019, and they were bringing all that energy because Votto has his own calm, confidence, prankster vibe, and I love it, but not like what 
what it is now? Brandon Phillips was that way, in a way. Maybe not as boisterous. I feel like, but like you yeah. know, remember? Do you remember what he got in, in Yachty's face? I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because Yachty shit talked him, or they shit talked each other. But like this, this recent vibe. Like I feel like, like Dietrich and Puig were who I did they did they bring this like fuck everyone? We're just gonna be really loud and boisterous, and then Castellanos carrying the torch since he came over. Or? Well, for me, it started with the big red machine and what they used to do on the field. That went to the Nasty Boys, carried by, and then it went to Barry Larkin. Okay, I want the last five years. Sean Casey on the MLB Network Sean wearing a Casey. suit, picking it at first base in an empty studio, and now uh, here we are. Yeah. Does that line hit the same way if Amir Garrett isn't 6'5", 240? Probably so not. So if I right? say that, it's not cool? And not the guy that <laughs> if you not walk the guy that, not the guy that, not. not the guy that charged yeah. uh, another team's yeah. dugout? They they have a very on paper softer schedule coming up the Reds, um, which kind of I hope they can carry this on for a little bit. I mean they finish up with Pitt today. They go to Arizona, San Francisco. I know the Giants are good, so but they're just not like the Dodgers or the or they're not a the Brave. Or whatever you you guys get what I'm saying. They go Arizona. If you, you want to know, then they go Giants. Then they go Cleveland. Then Arizona again. Oh my god! So like they have a chance before they even hit St. Louis or Milwaukee to get, have a pretty good record going into the big divisional series. Wait. Hey, they opened up against St. Louis and just steamrolled them. Well, they they won Steam. two or three. And hey, shout shout out you you dropped them, Trev Tyler Naquin, man. Uh, this oh Cleveland god. team that's been missing outfield for the past. Blank years uh, Now he goes over He's currently leading the league in RBIs For Cincinnati uh, Wonder if there was some swing stuff Or if he's just running into balls Which is fine baby Keep doing it And they got a couple young guys Jonathan India They were talking about him on Farm to Fame ad. Um, So yeah Cincy just, just keep it rolling baby And I think let me Let me double check the stat Chris Rose tweeted it out. Uh, yeah, Tyler Naquin has 12 RBIs on the year. Uh, the Cleveland Indians currently have 13. <laughs> I love it. I'm sitting here reading Amir Garrett's page here, and if you want to know why he's got kind of this hardened attitude, like wants to fight, grew up in Victorville, California, mm. then went to Henderson which is right outside of Las Vegas, and then he went to college in Queens. So he's kind of had this little run-of-the-mill little trifecta there. Those aren't soft. Places where you're not going to be soft if you're if you're making a stop in each of those three places. So good for Amir Garrett. Good for the Reds. I love the identity. It's definitely on a bunch of shirts. And, Jim, you brought up a great point. For the fan base, it's an awesome rallying cry. Cincinnati. Yeah, if you're going to be like – not going to lie. It's not a great city to – Don't come at him. I don't know. The sports, it's hey. not a sports town. Wow. It's a sport. Who is? I it? think it's a sports town that wants to be a sports town. They want to be a sports town. Uh, yeah, I don't mean to say stunk. the fans aren't good there because they are good. They are good. They are Joe good Burrow. sports fans. There's just not a lot going on. There's not a lot going on Joe right now. Burrow and Tyler Naquin. If you're going to be a 500 team fighting for a wild card spot, and maybe the Reds are better than that, or maybe they're worse, but if that's like you know, if you're not uh, a given, it's nice to at least have t-shirts being made of a style, quotes being said, you know, and so hopefully they can carry it on. Fun. Um, Mo Ager, shout out Mo Ager. Mo Ager, he's a radio host out there that tunes into our live streams and likes our content. And he had me on the show. 
Yeah, I mean, I should talk about the suspension, like right after it happened. Yeah, I mean, I show a couple days ago too, and just a fantastic name, Mo Ager. Mo Ager, I need Mo. It is a good name. Put his name. Do you think he's getting? He's appealing it. Do you think it's going to get wiped, or they're going to reduce it to one? They do the class. Clearly, it's not going to stay two. Or they do the Araldus Chapman. They have no witnesses, and it gets just get pushed (laughs) for a year. I love the. What if they added games to it? That'd be hilarious. (laughs) They'll they'll go (laughs) like actually the first appeal that gets more. They'll go two to one because it's a classic way for everyone that was telling him how dumb it was to, well, at least they caved a little bit. And Reds then, will find they, an off day for him anyways and a win-win-win. Yeah. Yep. All right, Jake and I each have something to talk about, and they overlap a little. I'm going to go first, but Jake and I will also be doing our two-hour Wednesday radio show today called John Boy and Jake Radio, Trev. And during halftime of that radio show, people send us snacks. We've had snacks from... Um, Germany, Australia, Canada. We try a bunch of different foods. And the last week we tried two cereal boxes from Magic Spoon Cereal. And this week we were trying the two other flavors. So if you want, it's probably around mm. 1 o'clock this afternoon on John Boy Jake TV. But, yeah, Magic Spoon Cereal cereal is healthy cereal for adults. Growing up, cereal was the best part of my day. Whenever there was a meal that I didn't like um, – or I went to a friend's house. My mom always said, like, you cannot complain, but you can have cereal and shut up about it. So mm-hmm. I had cereal a lot if my family got, like, maybe, like, Indian food when I was eight years old. And I was like, I don't want Indian food. I want cereal. I was a cereal-aholic. Still would be if it was healthy for me. And now I think I might be again because Magic Spoon Cereal has just that. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, mm-hmm. grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. GMO-free. There's four flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter. We've tried cocoa. We tried peanut butter. I loved peanut butter. I like the mixture. I didn't have cocoa by itself. Fruity and frosted. We'll be trying today, Jake. I just got reminded about that. I'm excited. Yeah. Go to magicspoon.com slash baseball and grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code baseball at checkout to save $5 on your order. Magicspoon.com slash baseball. So, yeah, if you want to watch me and Jimmy eat cereal, that will be on the network today, along with us taking shots of Jameson. So That's some sort of weird fetish for sure, watching people eat cereal. Mm. You know, like it's very audible and there's wetness yeah it's really funny because at halftime we always eat something and then right after halftime we do like news stories and sometimes the news stories get clipped out and posted on their own and some of the comments are like why the hell are you guys eating yeah in the middle of a podcast can't you just save it and we're just like well it's actually part of the show a little bit which we kind of fell into Tried some good you stuff. said you did a mixture of chocolate and peanut butter. How was that? Because that it's sounds good. delicious it says, to me. It says on the packaging, like mix cocoa and peanut butter to get like a Reese's mixture. It was good. And then and then the milk was kind of just chocolate. So then I just added peanut butter in and that was really good. You too. wanted to go 80-20. Oh you added like a scoop of peanut butter? No, 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 no. We mixed it. I ate one bowl. <laughs> there was leftover milk oh, okay. that was yeah. chocolatey from the chocolate. Then I put just peanut butter cereal Magic spoon in there, and then I ate that. I think Jake and I crushed both boxes. Yeah, um, it sounds like I'm gonna get hot and eat some mm. cereal. Yeah, welcome to John Boy and Jake Radio. Mm. That's 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 the plan. All Jim. right, I want to talk about the A's. I've been tweeting yes. about it every night. I've been watching this. There, it's incredible how bad they've been. They have allowed 50 
runs in 54 innings, and we're not talking about like there was one 16-run game that skews this. They let up eight runs, then nine runs, then nine runs, then nine runs, then ten runs, and yesterday their season low, five. Congratulations. They only allowed five runs. Yesterday, Trev, the A's also had their first lead of the season. They went up one nothing. It lasted five batters before the Dodgers tied the game. They've been beyond bad. Like, obviously, the pitching's bad that you just heard all those numbers. Hard to win when you're averaging whatever that is, eight runs a game, seven point seven and a half runs a game. Uh, harder to win even more so when no one's hitting. They've had Mm-mm. they've had eight Mm-mm. guys play in five start or play in five of the six games. The best, the best line is Jed Lowry, who was like a surprise, and he's got a two sixty three average, a three sixty four OBP, and, and no power. So it's a seven thirty two OPS. Um, you know, Marcana, he's up there as well. Um, Love me some Arcana. But, like, you know, yeah, bat flipping season, baby. Chapman's been brutal. Mitch Moreland's been brutal. Elvis Andrews has been, he's, he's, um, one for 21. Yeah. Olsen's been, mm. Olsen's OBP's good, but they've just been bad all around, man. Starting pitching, bullpen, hitting. I think, I don't know about the defense, but I remember seeing some tweets that they're like, there's some sloppy play. It's wild. So I kind of wanted to ask you guys, they're 0 and 6 right now. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys when, how big, like six games is nothing in the grand scheme of a season. I don't think their season has been altered by these six games at all if everyone snaps back and plays to their potential. But when does the hole become too big? If they lose their first 10 games, are we officially like, Mm -hmm. I don't think they can win the division? If they lose their first, I think the NL record is, uh, I just pulled this up. The NL record is... 14 games to start a season losing by the Cubs in 1997. And uh, and then the AL is the Orioles in 1988. They lost 21. Yes. So, obviously, it's only six games. But they're not losing close. They're getting beat on every single side of the ball. So, I think that's a little more to it. Because if it was like six games and they're one run games and oh no this guy blew a lead blah blah, blah like every single player besides like two guys is playing awful. When does the hole get too big where you're like, I don't think they have a shot at the division. Your A's, Trev. I don't know. I I don't I don't know when or what the number is. I mean, if you don't you don't want to lose any more in a row right now. I mean, going zero and six, you need to get that dub. I think I was a zero and seven team at one point in minnesota and that felt like you just felt like you were letting an entire city down entire fan base down you know they have recent success so i don't think their fan base is like flattened like our twins was it was like another season of this that's kind of how it felt i think they still have a good enough team to bounce back and let's not forget that they played the astros and the dodgers so well guess who they play next trev Probably someone good. They play Astros the Astros again. again. They play the Dodgers today, uh, and then they have three games against the Astros in the weekend set again. In he, in, is it wrong in, in, I in Houston, want them to lose all the games in Houston, and you know it's hard to win in Houston. <laughs> I mean, I think best case scenario is they're going to end up so that'll put them at ten games. They might be one and nine after those games. 
I think the schedule is huge. It's Houston and the Dodgers. Uh, Houston's been the bad, the boogeyman to them for a long time in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, I mean, are a borderline super team. I think they're casually hitting three twenty-seven on the year so far. So, oh, okay, so best hitter in the league, perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a couple small wins in there. I mean, you know, uh, Matt Olson not worried. Uh, you know, Canna, you mentioned Loriano. He's only played half the games for whatever reason, but he's hitting. So, you know, a couple dudes are going. The rest of the guys should catch on offensively. They haven't gotten a hit from their catcher spot yet. <laughs> Sean Murphy and uh, Aramis Garcia, hitless. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, but the pitching, man, that's the surprise. And that's my my thing kind of pivots off years. Of I was going to do a compare contrast with the, the A's. But, man... Is it a surprise, though? Not a surprise when you look at the teams they played. I mean, you know, it, if Oakland was, you know, 3-4 and four right now or whatever, we wouldn't be too shocked. You know, we'd, we'd also be giving the same speech, right? So I, I think that's what, uh, uh, you know, Bob Melvin, what's Bob Melvin telling the guys, Trev? I, I think, you know, they get through this tough stretch. That fi- I think that's the tipping point. That final game against the Dodgers, then they go and play the D-backs, my D-backs, freight train, David Peralta. Your D-backs, yeah. I, I think that's when Bo Mel says, you just say, hey, all right, let's go. And uh, we'll, we'll see. And, Jim, if you're looking for a finite number, it's unfortunately the number that was set a couple years ago, 19 and 31. Everyone looks at those Nats, and that's going to be every team's rallying cry. Until you start getting below that, then you're done. Well, yeah, but this is a team. I, I, I will say I agree with that. Yeah, go ahead. Here's Jim. the difference between the Nats. The Nats were a team invested in winning the World Series and bettering their team. You can lose management before you lose the fans with the A's. They got a bunch of guys that are free agents at the end of this year, and if the management thinks that they have a better opportunity to trade, they will. If they go to the deadline, not in first place, they're sellers, not buyers. So that's where I think it's scarier for the ace if they dig a big hole. And they also don't have Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, the three-headed monster. And they don't, you know, they don't have Juan Soto and Trey Turner. Like, they have some guys, obviously, they have Olsen, Chapman, they need to step it up. But if you're just looking straight at their pitching staff, we... I feel like every offseason when you when we're going over the A's rotation, their pitching staff are like, I don't know how they're going to get it done, but they're going to get it done because they're the A's. That's just what they do. Eventually, one of the years, they're not going to get it done. And, and if you're just kind of looking at the guys they're throwing out there, it's like, okay, look, these guys are good major league pitchers, but when you put them up against the Dodgers and the Astros right now, I don't know, man. Like Jim said, nine runs a freaking game. It's bad. Let's let's see where they're back. You can't you can't sugarcoat that. Let let's see where they're around May second. They're finishing a second series with Baltimore. They played Detroit and Arizona in between there. You know if if baseball is a a grind, May 2nd? man. May second, and then probably the second checkpoint would be. Um, I mean you could do this pretty easily, but you know there's a Seattle. Uh, Colorado stretch where they play a bunch of games there End of May, start of June But I wouldn't be shocked if by either of those checkpoints The A's are back around 500 Doing their thing, they got a lot of guys so was- And Jim, I, I think that was the only thing I'd push back on Like if the A's are in the wild card race They have made moves in recent years To try to an- enhance the team around the deadline So if they're around the wild card Those are wild card teams? or I mean, the 
Houston's with run Lester. that division. No, no, no. When they made those trades, I mean, those were those were a few years back. Yeah. Um, I can bring up some transaction history if we if we want to get deep. Houston has not ran the division, by the way. They won it in twenty. I mean, the A's won it last year. Yeah, and they got embarrassed in the, the ALCS. Has, they the did, ALCS. I, has I, I agree. Let Let's set that May second date. I mean, okay. I'll need to vote right now. Will they be five hundred or better May second? No. Their schedule's too tough, and uh, Puck is the only person that's like played well. And you can look, and and then the two guys I named, but they're not even like you know for first week good. It's not crazy. So I'm doing a cross plug right now. Jimmy's dumb prop bet of the day. It used to be on the Talking Baseball pregame show. I forgot to record my selfie video and send it to Erica this morning. I'm mm-hmm. gonna record it right now. Everyone that's watching and listening, make sure you go vote. I am two and zero oh in my last two. Last so two. two and two on the season. Here we go. Jimmy's dumb prop bet of the day today. A's. They let up a lot of runs. They've let up like 50 runs in 54 games. I'm putting the over-under at 7.5. Will the A's allow more than 7.5 runs or less? Choose below. That's my line. Lazardo's pitching. Bang. Go vote on it. It'll be out later today. Under 500. 7.5. Under 500 it's a May 2nd. I take the under. Over 500 June 6th. Someone write it down because I won't. And the rules. Those are the rules. I haven't looked at the I haven't looked at the schedule at all. You say they have a tough schedule through May second, or is it lighten up after? Well, May second, yeah, sure. they just they get a couple breathers. You get a double Baltimore series, Detroit, Arizona. I mean that June date. I mean, there's a couple Colorado, a couple Seattle that they could, you know. I mean, zero and six. It stinks, but you you sweep the it's Orioles or something like that. You're you know you're back. So we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take five hundred or yeah. better. Yeah, the only thing that I, my point is, it's not a competitive zero and six. They've been out of oh, every yeah. game by the third inning. They getting whooped by the bad guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, they were playing two of the better teams insane. in baseball. Getting whipped by the bad guys. Getting swept by the Astros if you're in Oakland oh, A is that hurts at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. not enough Vuvuzelas. I've been there, guys. You'll be all right. Text Matt Chapman. It's your guy. I'm gonna let him get a little hot, then I'll text him. <laughs> let him feel. Or do you think I need to pump his gas up let him a little pump bit? Pump his gas, baby. Fill that tank up. Tank me. All right, Jake. What do you got, Jim? I uh, I mentioned I want to do a compare and contrast with the A's. Uh, I wanted to get under Trev's skin a little bit. I ended up in a better place where I can taste Trev, I can taste ourselves, and I can just taste everything. Magic Spoon, Jameson Shots. The current best pitching team in baseball, according to ERA, is your New York Yankees. The Yankees are off to a pitching start, and we'll see where it goes. They've made a lap around the rotation in Cole twice, which helps. Again, like we mentioned, JMO with JMO tonight. Jameson Tyone, their new piece. He makes his debut, and that'll be all the pieces. The Yankees, their main dudes have looked good. And the other team that I wanted to compare them to, that again, I, I think we'll track it as the year goes, Trev's Philadelphia Phillies. Out in the Illadelph, they're out to a hot start. And we, if we start talking about competition and who you're playing, you know, Yanks played the O's. They played the Jays before that, whose lineup is stacked. Phillies, 
I mean, they went Braves to Mets. Couple teams that can hit. They reworked the bullpen. And I I I did some Jakey butter knife stats here. Um so A, the Yankees, uh back in twenty nineteen, the full season. Or excuse me, no, last year, twenty twenty, they had the eighth best pitching in the American League. Middle of the pack, that's ERA. They're the bombers. They hit. They pitch enough and they do their thing. Right now, they're first, and the guys that are doing it, I, I even cut out Mike King, our guy, had a really nice performance in a couple a couple of the other ag guys. The dudes for the Yankees, Cole, you know him. Um, I just clicked away from the page because I'm a piece of shit. Cole, <laughs> Cole Kluber, Montgomery, Chad Green, Loisaga, Chapman, Darren O'Day. They're guys right now. They have pitched... 32 innings, three earned runs. That's a 0.84 ERA. Those are the dudes for them. The Phillies on the other side, they're technically third in the NL. The Mets are ahead of them, but they've only played two games. They're second in the NL to the Padres right now. Padres pitching, people are talking. Wheeler, Nola, Eflin, Alvarado, the closer, Naris setting up, Kinsler, who were on Trev, uh, Brogdon, Archie Bradley, Chris Rose rotation. Sam Coonrod, the guys out of their bullpen and their guys in the starting pitching staff, 33.1 innings, four earned runs, a 1.09 ERA. These guys are dropping it right now. Uh, interested to see how it continues for the Yankees. Uh, you know, Kluber and Tyone are going to be two really big pivot points on that. Jordan Montgomery looked really good. And for the Phillies, I mean, it's the bullpen. And think about everything we talked about with the Cincinnati Reds last year. Their hitting just never got it going. Phillies, the bullpen just turned into a house of horrors. They added some new dudes. Alvarado looks gross. Sometimes he doesn't know where it's going, but it looks filthy getting there. Kinsler got a big ground ball bases loaded double play. He did that against the Yankees last year. That's kind of just what he does. Girardi's got his pieces to work with. There's another Yankee tie there, baby. Want to watch these teams pitch? Because if the Yanks can pitch with the elite, that obviously changes their outlook. And Trev, you're Phil's, man. That's the key. I I'm in on the Phil's. I don't know if I'm in on the Yankees having an elite pitching staff. I get it that they've done it so far. They've done it. What the I last do five like is <clears throat> regular season different, ERA. Different. I, I mean, throw it out the window for all I can. A little bit of a different staff this year, but okay. Teams are different. I like what I like about that is the Phillies addressed where they were just historically bad, and it's, so far it's been good. And they did it for very cheap, and they kind of found guys that were, you know, like Jose Alvarado just was kind of thrown to the wayside. Brandon Kinsler, after having a good year last year, thrown to the wayside. They pick him up for nothing. Spend a little bit of money on Archie Bradley. He's kind of like the face of the new bullpen. Uh, but they've been they've been really good. They, both teams have been really fun to watch. Um, I'm happy that Zach Wheeler is kind of doing his thing because when he signed in Philadelphia, a lot of people thought they overpaid for him, you know, and he was going up and he was having to deal with Thor and DeGrom and getting compared to those guys. And it's honestly not that fair, but he's been lights out there. He's been really good. You pair him with Nola. Now Eflin, my guy has been pretty good. Uh, they think they found something with him. So I'm, I, I've been on the Phillies train for a while now, you know, it's only five or six games in, but I'm excited to see, uh, what they can do. I mean, 
Similar to the NL Central, the NL East is just going to be a shit show this year. I'm all I'm here for it. Girardi, lo- Girardi loves roles, so I'm interested to see how this plays out because I think he has Alvarado in, as the eighth inning guy and Archie as the seventh inning guy right now, and I in uh in like the save situation, close games. Alvarado's, I think he's closing. He got the save, and Naris got a save as well. Those are the two guys who've gotten saved so far. Hmm. Naris is pitching. I think he'll piece it together depending on the situation. You know, if there's a a situation where he needs a ground ball, Kinsler's your guy for that. Like if you if you're trying not to give a homer and you maybe you got a three run lead or something like that, Kinsler's a guy you can bring in. There's I think they can just go closer by committee, and that's probably what they'll end up doing. Riding the hot hand. They don't have someone like a Chapman who's just gonna come in and that's your freaking guy. They're going to just find a lane for these guys. And you've told me Girardi knows how to, to use it. But his guy. strategy is usually not that. So unless he changed because baseball really? is changing, Girardi has always been, he's the seventh well, inning. he's had the guys. Yeah, but I'm saying he has guys <laughs> now. He, he has guys now. But he had Mariano. Like, you, that's why he's been able to do that. He doesn't have that now. So he's going to change his, you have to change his course, and hopefully he can do that. Yeah, we'll see. Um... Yankees bullpen has been – I wonder which one's more real. Because the Yankees bullpen, they haven't had a lot of good solid arms on there. Well, that's the funny thing. Chapman was suspended. He's had He had one inning. He debuted his new pitch. That looks gross. Absolutely gross. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think that's what to watch with oh, the Yankees bullpen. Neris pitched two games in a row, so Alvarado got Alvarado the save got the, the save. next day. I think Neris is going to be the closer. Something to watch in Philly for sure. Philly fans, you let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, and yeah, the Yanks, you know, there's a couple guys in that pen they've been waiting to break out for a couple years. Luizaga, he looked gross the other day. Um, and they're waiting for Justin Wilson to come back and they'll get Britain at midseason. So it's a, it's a good start. That's all you can ask. They were really good in spring training too. I mean, do with that, whatever you want. Um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to check in on because in a way, Trev, like you said, the Phillies addressed that bullpen problem. The Yankees made a lot of action towards their starting pitching. I mean, Kluber, we'll we'll they see did. what he turns out to be. They got Tyone, um, and then we'll see when, you know, the young guys get more in the mix. Herman came back after his suspension. Monty with the full year. We'll see once Davey gets in there. Um, oh, we're going to be watching, too, so. Trev, what do you predict Tyone's line will be? Uh, Jake and I will be live streaming on the recliners like you were with us, but instead of you sitting between us, it will be a bottle of Jameson whiskey for Jameson Tyone, and we're going to tie one on for every strikeout he gets. Uh, We said this happened when we interviewed Tyone after he got traded to the Yankees. I just said it out of the blue, and then I was like, oh, okay. He said he's going to throw a lot of curveballs. There's a lot of ways it can get messy. Obviously... Mm. The the Cole struck out 13 yesterday of these Orioles. How many did Monty strike out the game before? Are they just striking out? I think they're striking out a little bit. He struck out five. Okay. Monty oh, struck seven, out seven. He struck out. So, oh, my God. Yeah, he went seven and six. So, yeah, I wasn't worried about it. I'm starting to get more and more worried about how many whiskey shots we're going to have to take. And I don't, I don't want Tyone to get, like, five Ks through two with the Yankees going down one, two, three, in the uh, in the top of the second or bottom of the first, because that's like quick five shots. I'm pretty worried about it. What do you, what's your guess, Trev? What do you think we're going to be at? 
I, I wanted to go back and look just like what how much the Orioles have been striking out. That's who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Right? I can bring it up real quick, but it's going to be a yeah. Tell me the game. It's going it, game to be against all pitchers, not just starters. Do you want me to do starters? I'll just give you my line. Okay. okay. I'm thinking the least amount of shots you guys are going to have to take is four. And I think the most you're going to have to take is 10. So let's just mm-hmm. average that out. Let's go with seven. That was quick good math right quick there. good math. Seven shots. And, I, and I'm hoping you guys aren't going to use like the little plastic baby ones, like a real shot glass. Dugout mugs, shot glass. Because if you're going to commit. Dugout mugs is sponsored. You're going to commit to doing this. Oh, you're doing the the bat the, the, yeah, the, the bat, bat nab nab. shots. Yeah. So uh, Orioles struck out eight times game one, ten times times game two, and this is against Red Sox pitching. Game three, two, three, six, nine, ten, fifteen times game three. Uh, the first game against the Yankees, they struck out. Holy shit! Four, six, seven, nine, ten, thirteen times, and then last night. A lot of them. 14. I'm hoping it's seven and up. I, seven I like to see seven and five would be, I think, a good amount spread out. We'll be drunk. We won't be crazy. And it'll give us enough distance. But, yeah, if he only pitches three innings and strikes out, like, seven guys. Trouble. Trouble. What uh, What do you think, Jimmy? You're our kind of Vegas. You, you mentioned your dumb prop out of the day. What do you think the actual Vegas over under on Tyone strikeouts would be like five and a half. I was gonna say I was gonna say four and a half, five and a half, four and a half, five, because he's gonna have like a sixty pitch pitch count. Like he's gonna have like a sixty five pitch pitch count. Might be a little higher. Why? Uh I mean they're already babying him and going six man rotation and and being very uh, open and honest that they're gonna, you know, reduce workload. And Domingo Herman, who also hadn't pitched last year um at all Boone was very open that he's going to be on a shorter pitch count than everyone else first time through, and Tyone's same situation as that. Everyone else was on 85, so I just drop it down to 65. Gone through 68. He also got into some trouble at one big inning. So, yeah, we'll see. The the worst-case scenario is that J-Mo has a bad outing and lasts like an inning. Oh, God, it would be a disaster. So let's just hope that he gets through four innings and – has a few strikes. I mean, well, if he stri- we strikes out, almost like if he strikes out the side in the first, we're fucked mm. because that's not that much whiskey. But like, you know, in in five minutes, three shots, and I haven't taken shots of whiskey in maybe a decade. Do you know this was the first content Jake and I ever did, Trev? We'd we'd sit on stools in my basement with three cameras pointing at us and big lights and for show. Our friends um, would like write in questions on Facebook and YouTube. And we'd we'd answer a question, take a shot of whiskey, and we'd do twelve a night. Oh so by the end, we were just blackout drunk and having. And then we'd we'd watch it the next day and be like, "So what did we say?" Oh my god, sounds better right. like that. Show. From what I've heard of your guys' past, we did about like eight of those. Moms weren't a fan of that show. <laughs> Are they still available for consumption? I think I unlisted all of them because I have no idea what we said. We'll save them for another day, rainy okay. day. Okay. Yeah. I would say I'd join you guys, but you know I don't put that in my mm. body. Temple. I want you guys hey also speaking the last time I did have whiskey was not too long ago because I was with you, Jake. You made me a bad boy. 
the picture from our dinner together is my new uh, header picture in, on Twitter. Yeah, so enjoy that. Let me see this. Let me see what you're talking about. Let me about. see what you're working with here. Coach Trav. I mean, it's just Jake. That's just... <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a nice picture of the two of you together. Into the distance now. No, it's just Jake. Good uh, man ponytail just, on the back. Yeah, I just look like a lost soul. Yeah, a little bit. We had a Cracker Jack old-fashioned. It was, it was delightful. We got a bunch of Cracker Jacks in the office. Maybe we have those, too. Cracker Jacks and whiskey is kind of like a low-key fire combination because the caramel notes hit together. Yeah, my teeth hurt thinking about it. Yeah, That's like the next morning you wake up and you're like, did I go to the dentist? Why do my teeth hurt so bad? All right, those are the three things we wanted to talk about. That's the episode today. Anything else? Anyone else got anything else? Anything else? Got anyone else? Boba Shett's so hot. <sighs> there were a lot of injuries. You guys talked about the... Singer. A lot of scary injuries. You guys talked about Carl Ravitch, right, and him, that whole thing. We did it on um, the Weekly Dumb, and I went pretty hard at ESPN. On, Carl? I don't know if you saw. I went, I went pretty hard at him. We're going to assume that was the producers. We're going to assume Carl's better than that. I don't know. Carl, come on, dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jake and I will be live in 45 minutes for John Boy and Jake Radio on that YouTube channel. If anyone wants to tune in and have some fun over there. We'll see you Friday morning for the next Talking Baseball Series recap show. Goodbye. Farewell. Al Wiedersehen. I'm going to do that again. I, I, Join me and Chris Rose, John Boy Media, Instagram Live, 845. Ooh, 845? 11, 11 11.45 Eastern. Takes it right into JJR.